it's been crazy, like life-changing, just the opportunities that came out of it. Welcome to building wealth through real estate. If you invest or desire to invest in real estate, then this show is exactly what you need. And here's why. We all know that the number one thing that you should be doing as an investor is networking. Your network equals your net worth. But how can you use this to your advantage? Well, firstly, take notes. Listen to what the guests have to say. If you're a new investor, you can learn from the mistakes that they've made, the experiences that they've gone through, and learn how they think. If you're an experienced investor, you could see strategies that they may be implementing that you haven't thought of using yourself. Now, secondly, you may have questions. And if you do, great. Put them in the comment section down below and this way we can be sure to get those questions answered for you. And thirdly, there's a ton of information out there, but I found that most of it is relevant to the US and it's hard to try and take out an extract and see what's relevant to your area. So all of the guests that I'll be interviewing are Canadian investors. So if you invest in Canada, if you're interested in investing in Canada, then this show is exactly what you need. Joining us today, we have Mr. Liam Wagram. Firstly, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and where your real estate business is currently at? Sure. So um, my name is Liam. I'm uh, 24 years old. I'm pretty new to real estate. Um, I'm, uh, I've just done my first deal and it's in the process right now, just finishing up. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I have been learning for a long time. It's been bit over a year that I've been actually like really getting into real estate but this past maybe six months ish is, is when I fully dived in so okay um so you know we backtracked a little to how you got started um what what made you choose like real estate like your journey to this point um I think it kind of goes back from uh kind of one of my first jobs I worked at a junk removal company as like a side gig uh, the the my boss there was a property manager, so he owned a couple of properties and managed a couple of properties. And so just rolling around with him in the day in the work truck, him picking up rent checks, he was like in his thirties, younger, like lower thirties. And so it was, it was really cool to see. I was like, that's, that's what I want to do one day. Well, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, yeah. So you said you, you know, you're currently into your, your first flip is, is that sort of the strategy that you pursuing going forward? Um, what are you looking at for your next deal? Yeah, definitely fix and flip. So uh, kind of a little bit, why well, it took me so long to kind of hop in was, um, well, I was, I honestly, I didn't have a credit card. So just building credit, I kind of went the traditional way of finding a mortgage, mortgage broker and then kind of structuring a plan of, you know, how I can qualify for a mortgage. Um, but kind of once I dove into the community and actually met other investors, that's when I really start to learn there's, you don't have to go that way. And so fix and flips was an awesome option of, you know, finding private lender, private lenders or finding joint ventures and stuff and just creative ways to get started faster. So that's kind of when, when it really started. And, and that's what I want to do is fix and flips for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You are 100% right there. I think that's a conception that most people have is you have to go the traditional way until you actually start networking, linking up with other investors and you find out that there's a lot more options than what you actually think and you can get started a whole lot quicker, right? Yeah. Um, so you currently partnered up on, on this, this current fix and flip, eh? Yeah. 
could you maybe break down um you know what you bring to the table and and what your partners bring to the table yeah so i'm sure you know i know you know uh wayne hillier is my my partner on this one it was uh i'm really grateful to have the opportunity to partner with someone like him he's he's a coach and and mentor to a lot of us in the community and uh, kind of well known in our area so it was a really it's been a really awesome experience um it was uh so my my role in this is uh like a money partner uh we both are kind of money partners in it um uh, being it i was kind of looking for someone that would kind of take me under their wing for the first one that's another reason why it took me a little bit to find uh, a partner on the steel for my first deal is because um just trying to find someone with that experience that would actually you know take me take me under their wing i think it's you hear on podcasts a lot like you know if you go go out and you talk to a lot of people and offer you know you'll provide value with helping them with this and that but i think in my experience actually doing that was uh it's it's a lot harder than it looks i mean i think it's kind of can be for the person taking you under their wing like you're gonna be asking a lot of questions the process might go a little slower than it normally would for them so it was uh, definitely a struggle to find somebody oh absolutely absolutely so so what would you say um as the inexperienced partner you brought would that be somewhat of the capital to the side are you are you a little more active in 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 the steel than 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 Wayne is perhaps or like what do you bring on the side to to bring value to the partnership kind of thing yeah so in this case um i did i understood through talking to a lot of people that the more experienced guys they also have access to capital so it's it, what i kind of brought to the table is just offering a lower percentage like taking a lower percentage of the deal i figured that's kind of you know i'm i'm willing to do that on the first one just to get to the next one and and get that experience um a big reason why is to get financing too with some of these private lenders just having a deal under your belt really helps with that so uh he's definitely more of the active one and i am just kind of learning and and following along but I'm offering any help I have. I've put a bit of sweat equity into it. Uh things we need to get done. The the it's a really hands-off project as well like our the team of contractors we had on it. It was, you know, they're making all the orders. They're really doing a lot of the the work and and it is pretty hands-off. So it's been cool to to watch and have that experience of how smoothly it can be when you when you run a proper business. Yes, definitely. And I think that's a really smart move that you made is, you know, be forward thinking. Don't don't try and get the most out of the first deal, but understanding that the education that you gain from that first deal far outweighs any of the profit that that, that you make in there. And um yeah. I th- I think the fact that you were able to partner up with with Wayne on your first deal is is incredible because I mean the the experience that he has, the knowledge that he has, um I mean he has his own morning show. Um both him and Gabby run and they have their own group of of people that they mentor so i mean if anyone out there is interested in in um you know gaining some some experience from actual mentors that are out there doing that then definitely reach out i'll leave their info um in the description as well um but i know that there are people out there who are trying to have everything in place on their own before jumping in but a quick way to 
get out of the sidelines like you did and jump in and take action instead of waiting is to find a partner who needs what you have to offer and has the resources that you lack, you know, whether it's time, money, finding the deals, putting the sweat equity or managing the deal. You know, there's so much more that you have to offer. So, I mean, in, in this case, like you said, you're willing to take a smaller percentage, put in whatever sweat equity you could offer um, just to make, make it worth, worth your partner's time as well. Um, what advice do you have for people looking to find someone to partner up with? How could they go about finding them? I think it really a big thing is really understanding like what the other person's situation is um and then like you said finding what kind of value you can bring to them and you can get really creative with things i think uh, you know maybe so something i'm doing is is really working on my social media content and and my plan with that is to eventually have a very well-known brand where i'm uh have a big following and i think you know, that'll help me when I'm looking to build different relationships. So something like that would be something you could do is, is focus on the social media. And let's say there's somebody who's, you know, you really want to work with that's really experienced and, you know, but they don't have a, a crazy social media account or something, you could provide them value in that way. And, you know, that's free to do it's just putting time in. So there's all kinds of creative ways you can bring people value, even if, if they have a lot of things down like money and and you know have a smooth business where they don't really need much help with sweat equity or things like that yeah yeah exactly um if you don't mind me asking how how were you able to get um this partnership with wayne was it because you're one of his uh, mentees did you approach him on 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 partnering up you know did you find the deal how how did that work like for someone who's looking to to try and do exactly what you did for the first deal yeah for sure um so it started with I met him at a at one of his townhouse flip tours. So he does these flip tours where they show off the um the project they're working on, kind of like a networking meetup. Um, that's where I met him, and I discovered his podcast. Uh, it was really cool to to find someone that's doing a, a local podcast in my city because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So it was it was awesome to discover. Um. I know you listen as well. It's it's every day at six a.m. So it was it was like free coaching. It was it was really cool to discover, and from that there was a cabin retreat that they do. It's like a three day uh, trip where there's about half a dozen other investors. They have some presenters like a a real estate lawyer and an investor focused realtor, and um, you really kind of work on building your roadmap in that three day cabin retreat, and it's it's really cool. I'd highly recommend it. Um, Obviously, I went and that uh, I, I met Wayne and he was kind of the first successful kind of investor that I looked up to. So right away, like I thought he would be an awesome person to partner with. And so I kind of vetted him and listened to his show and really got to see him. And I wanted to go to that cabin treat to kind of see what he's like in person and stuff. And I mean, as you know, he's he's totally transparent. He's the same guy every morning on the podcast as he is in person. So that, uh, that was cool. And then, yeah, we started doing a bit of coaching. Um, he learned my situation and was kind of helping me look for these joint ventures. After a couple of months, uh, I didn't have much success and he kind of just offered up that he would go on a deal with me. So, um, I'd asked him before 
like kind of when we first started doing the coaching calls and stuff, but he uh, said he wasn't really looking at that time. And so, yeah, it was kind of a thing that eventually it just happened. That is awesome. And when you say coaching calls at that time, were you like booking coaching calls? Had you joined the uh, mentorship program that that they offer? So at that time, there was, uh, when you go to the, the cabin retreat, they offer like a two-month mentorship. Oh, I see. Free mentorship after that. And then I, I knew that I, I did want to proceed with that. I never really thought uh, coaching was something that I wanted to do, like get coached or anything like that. Um, but kind of after after struggling to find a first deal and uh, get started in this, I just learned after a while that I, I do need that guidance. So after meeting him, it was it was something I definitely wanted to pursue. And then the the program happened. So um, yeah, I just decided to join. It was well, I was one of the first people to join that. It's a newer program that's been going on for a couple months now. And yeah, we could talk more about the program too. It's been it's been awesome. Yeah, I've I've, I've noticed. It seems like um. Well, firstly, I've I've had like a few coaching calls with Wayne, and and you're right, he's completely transparent. Um, and the nice thing about having him as a coach is he tells you exactly what you need to hear. And the great thing about having a coach is, um, they just help you fast track get into whatever the destination is that you want to get to. Right? You could try and do it all by yourself, and you know you'd probably get there, but it would take you a whole lot longer. Um, and if you had tried doing it by yourself, you you would have maybe gone the traditional method or um, you know, you know, still be looking for people to partner up with. So the fact that, you know, you found someone, you know, like Wayne and you pursued it and, um, you know, you guys partnered up together. I mean, that's great. Getting experience from him firsthand. That is awesome. Um, especially the fact that, you know, you fairly new in this, um, it would probably be more beneficial for you to have partnered with someone who has a decent amount of experience, right? Just to sort of lessen the chances of, you know, new investors partnering up and making mistakes together. So, that's a great strategy. Yeah. So tell me, like you said, you know, um, when, when, when you found the show, you know, you got to know when you vetted him a little and then you took it further from there. Once someone finds a potential partner, what are some things that they should consider, you know, when deciding if it's a good fit? Because I feel like even if you guys have the resources that the other person um, lacks, you, you also need to make sure that you guys can work well together, right? Especially if you're doing this on rental properties as opposed to flips you know you, your partnership can last a whole lot longer so um what what would you consider um going into your next uh joint venture or for anyone else looking to get into a joint venture sure uh i think i could relate it to kind of like how I, when i was searching for a coach and stuff i think it's pretty similar um i think there's a lot of coaches out there that are kind of full of fluff and I think there's a lot of investors like that as well that are kind of a lot for show and and what you see on social media isn't really how it is so I think the most important thing is really you know vetting them and even if it takes a couple months and you know it's it's not a right away thing like really get to know them and make sure they are who they say they are and and, and spend some time with them so that you know if you're you know values kind of line up and you could work with this person because like you mentioned about you know if it's it's a longer term uh buy and hold or something and it's you, you guys are in this for 30 years you definitely definitely want to spend the extra couple of months it takes to to get to know them 
That is great advice. Yes, absolutely. Making sure and, and vetting them, like you say, making sure they have, you know, integrity and they're fully transparent and, uh, you know, they're not just full of fluff. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when it comes to flipping properties, what are some key aspects um, that you'd look for to ensure that it's a good deal? Sure. Yeah. So there's kind of six fundamentals that um, I, I've learned that, you know, you should look for. I, I wrote them down here because I always forget to, uh, I always miss one of them at least. So I have a foundation, roof, windows, exterior, hot water tank, and furnace. So those are kind of the six main things that could be the most expensive that when you're doing your walkthroughs, these are kind of things to pay attention on. And I think once you kind of know how much each thing will cost, like these bigger things, and then, you know, you have a rough estimate of, you know, for this square footage of a home, it's roughly this much base cost renovations. Then you can go in and count the windows and, you know, see how much, how much, how much it'll all be. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and, you know, those six things, um, I, I don't think they disqualify you from looking at a deal if any one of them um, need to be fixed, like the foundation, for example. I think it's just... Uh, accounting for those things right because um you know a lot of people may see a foundation full of cracks and be like uh no i'm not i'm not i'm not going on, on i'm not going for that deal but um if 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 you're able to just account for what it takes to get it all sorted out then you'll have less competition on those deals as well and perhaps get get an even sweeter deal that way um though yeah that's a good way of going about it is is having those the list of those big big ticket items um and, and and having estimates on what it will cost to either repair or replace them. Um, just a quick way for you to actually run run some of the numbers to know where you need to be sitting at uh, to get into this deal kind of thing and, and not get stuck in analysis paralysis. But we'll we'll dive into yeah. all the numbers um, a little later on there. What are some of the things that you've taken away from this flip that you would keep in mind going forward? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just how much simpler I thought it, it, it that it was so just not overthinking it and just you know making these decisions and, and just pursuing and taking action I think you know getting your first damn deal is is really important after that you know everyone wants to do their next one right away I think it's just getting over that hurdle and that was kind of the biggest lesson that I that I took away from the whole experience was it's just a lot simpler than than you think it is yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's I think you hit it spot on there. Yeah. Um, how active are you when it comes to doing any renovations and repairs? How much are you doing yourself, and how much are you outsourcing? Now I know you said, um, you know, in this deal, you know, you put a little bit of sweat equity, but not but not not much. In you guys, essentially, have all of that outsourced. Um, I mean, even just going forward, how how active would you be? Uh, with regards to renovations and repairs are there any things that you're willing to take over yourself i mean i do know the ones that i met up with you there um you were doing some painting and stuff like that um where do you draw the line and uh what do you recommend to people just to keep it within their scope or do you do you recommend would you recommend that they just outsource most of it and focus on getting the deals i think there's uh i think there's a lot of ways to go about it you can really you can really take a do a lot of different strategies when you're you know tackling what you want to do with things so uh it, 
I thought about this a lot and I think the end goal is definitely to have like a hands-off business where you have your contractors and they're doing everything. I think, like I mentioned before, that's how this deal is ran. So I would often see, you know, maybe a couple times a week in the group chat that we had with my partners and I and, and the contractors, we'd, it would be a lot of yes or no questions where they're like, do you want these kind of lights here? What color for this? And and it was very simple and, and they didn't put a lot of time into, you know, dealing with stuff. So that's kind of the end goal. But I think you definitely need to learn, you know, what things cost and how it all works before you can get it to a point like that. And it, it does take a, a long time of building your business before you can get it again, like really hands off like that. So for me, I think in this next one, I do want to kind of act as the GC and and uh, hire out different trades but I want to do a lot of it myself basically everything I can do myself I want to do and, and hire out everything that I can just for that that first experience of totally making all the decisions really learning how to do things um, it'll definitely save a lot on the cost of everything I'm thinking I want to do a townhouse because it's a lot smaller and it's uh it'll be a really good to learn with that and yeah then going forward um just slowly building it into a fix and flip business that I can be hands off with. That's a great strategy, actually. I mean, my next question was going to be, do you have any tips for listeners wanting to outsource uh, the rehab and repairs? But I think you touched on that a little is, um, you know, if you're getting started, try and do, try and do some of it yourself or whatever you can yourself, just so you have a good understanding of everything that it entails, the whole process. And then, I mean, eventually you want to systemize it and outsource it so that you can make a business out of it, you know, and have it a little more streamlined. Um, other than that, though, when it comes to outsourcing rehabs and uh, and, and repairs, um, do you have any tips or anything that you would keep in mind um, when doing the outsourcing, even on your next deal, if you're going to act as the, the GC when it comes to outsourcing um, for specific things that you just aren't able to do yourself? Um, any yeah, I think, I think it's kind of like finding a partner or finding a coach or doing business with anybody, um, just really vetting them and making sure they, that you guys are a right fit. I think I learned that communication is a big, uh, is, is a big factor when you're working with someone that it can be really important when, when it comes with dealing with money. So, um, I think, yeah, just, just vetting someone and making sure know that they've worked with other investors as well i mean they don't have to but i think you know investor focused is is always best if you can find all your professionals they are investor focused yes absolutely i think that that is that's one of the biggest uh one of the biggest criteria to consider is making sure that they've worked with investors before because um a homeowner's um bottom line is different to yours right um their their goal is different to yours as an investor so if they can understand your perspective and and what it is that you need they could sort of tailor their um their job to best suit your needs um do you have any advice for keeping your cost down when flipping a property i mean other than trying to do as much as you can yourself and then outsourcing what you aren't able do you have any other advice on keeping costs down yeah i think uh, one of the main things is just really looking at making sure you're not, you know, thinking 
purchasing things that you like and you're making sure that you're purchasing things that match the comparables in the area and that you know suit to a wider range of people when you are going to sell your your flip so i think just really looking at the comparables and then matching you know if they're doing these types of countertops or these types of flooring um, just really try to match that yeah that's a great tip it's a great tip i feel like um oftentimes when people uh are flipping a property or renovating a property they'd renovate it for what they would like and sometimes that's a lot more expensive than what you need to in order to get the price um that you're looking for and um if you over renovate you, you you're probably not going to get it back when you sell so renovating according to the standard of the comps that you were looking at right that's a that's a that's awesome so um some of the biggest problems that new investors have is actually analyzing deals and understanding how an investor thinks. Would you mind if we run through the specifics regarding the flip? Yeah, sure. Um, should I just go over the numbers? Yeah, so, uh, well, firstly, what kind of property is it and where is it located? So it's in Otwell. Um, it's a pretty good neighborhood, very desirable. Uh, it's a single family home, um, about, I think, 1,200 square feet. Okay. Okay. And, and how did you find this deal? Um, it was actually through a wholesaler. I didn't personally find the deal. It was my partner who found the deal. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. The, the wholesaler actually made like 15 grand on this, on this deal. So it was pretty win-win situation. Wow. I didn't know that. I actually thought it was through a realtor. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, if, if you don't mind, can you run us through the numbers? Yeah, so the purchase price was two ninety. Um, we put around one hundred and fifty grand into renovations, uh, fifteen grand carrying costs, and then we have it listed right now for four ninety nine. The ARV. Okay, okay, and um, with regards to those numbers, um, are they somewhat close to what what the initial budget was? So it did go a little over budget for sure. Um, I think one of the things was the garage was uh, a little bit more than we anticipated by like 10 grand-ish. Um, we did kind of think it would list a little a little higher. This was about three or four months ago now that we started this project. And at that time, the market was very hot. Everything was going over asking, 10 offers on, on every everything. So it's definitely significantly dropped. We didn't expect it to stay like that, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely dropped a lot more than everyone thought. At least you guys had a, a, a decent spread um, to the point that, you know, you've gone over your budget and the market has dropped, but you know, you guys are still going to come out of this deal um, making money and not losing money, which, which is great. Right. Yeah. Um, Tell me, what was the whole process like? Were there any challenges? And if so, how were you able to overcome them? Um, so something me and you talked about was, uh, you know, uh, there was a flood. So that, uh, that was definitely the biggest challenge. Um, it was a good learning experience. I mean, when does that ever happen? It's a total freak accident to, to have happen. So the scariest thing you could think happened, happened. So it's been, and it's, I, at first it was terrifying, but just dealing with it, it's, you know, it's, it's a week, 
couple of days to fix it. It's not not as crazy as you think. Yes, yes. And and I take it having having that uh, experienced investor as your partner sort of put your mind a little more at ease, right? Yeah, I'd be so scared. <laughs> it's a lot easier having a partner. So it's definitely yeah. better. And I mean, now, going forward now, um, if anything near remotely to this would happen again, um, you know, you'd sort of be level-headed. You'd know, hey, I've handled this before. This is what I need to do kind of thing. So um, this first deal has, I'm, I'm sure, um, given you a lot of education, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just working along, alongside people too, like I'm kind of helping with, with the flood thing. And I've helped with a, co- a couple other things and just really learning how to do these things. You, you don't think about how they're done until you're actually doing them. And it's, that's been really awesome too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now tell me, looking back on the deal, is there anything that you, that you guys would have done differently? Um, I think that, I think that, like I mentioned, maybe communication was something that was an issue. Um, just kind of getting the prices solid and, and knowing what the prices are. I mean, you know, we're coming out on top and, and there was a huge reserve fund. So uh, again, the positives of working with an experienced investor is, is that, you know, we didn't, it, it still worked out, but I think, yeah, just the communication is something I learned that could be an issue. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and, and to what you mentioned in the, um, having the reserves, I think that's also a, quite a big factor is not running out of reserves midway through your rehab and having to hold on to the property longer, having longer holding costs, maybe, um, you know, having the market go further down kind of thing. Um, so I think definitely having that experienced investor was, was a big bonus for you on this deal. Um, so, you know, we've, we've run through the numbers, but new investors often fall victim to the infamous analysis paralysis, right? Do you have any tips on getting over this and just pulling the trigger? Yeah, I think it starts with, you know, once you do have the education and you have a general idea, I think you should go to meetups right away and meet other investors. That's when it really starts is getting in that kind of room of people and then, you know, learning from others around you. And and this community has been so awesome just kind of popping into the community of real estate investors is, is life-changing in itself. So that's, you know, I've seen, I'm friends with a couple of people that they jumped right in as soon as they started and they've had amazing success. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that you could do. I absolutely agree. 100%. Um, it's you, you, you'll easily be able to see that, um, you know, people are doing it like this. It's not that scary. I could actually just get in. Well, uh, with regards to analyzing deals prior to actually, um, you know, getting started in this flip property, were there any deals that came across your plate uh, where you analyzed and you thought, hey, let's just reach out to um, another investor and see what they think about this deal, see if this is a good deal? I, I've sat down kind of when I was learning how to analyze and stuff, just sitting down with other investors at coffee meetings and just literally them going step by step um, and being more than helpful to just show me, yeah, this is how much this costs. And, um, it's, it's, it's really cool. The, the community is awesome where you can just, you know, if, if you find something that might not work for you, 
uh, you can send it to other people and any any question you'd need there's so many people that have their specialty and their expertise and we you know kind of know them for that so it's yeah yeah even if it's just reassuring you that hey you know the the numbers that you put together they 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 look good or you know maybe you're not accounting for this sort of thing and and having having that second pair of eyes looking at it um might just give you the confidence that you need to go ahead start putting offers in kind of thing um what are some things that prevented you from taking action in the past and how were you able to get over it um i think i definitely got caught up in in learning a lot and then just kind of not learning enough and thinking that I had to go the traditional route. So I think that, like I mentioned, just getting in the room with the right people um, helped me get over that. But uh, yeah, I think that was the biggest hurdle was just not being properly educated. Yeah, definitely. Um, And how have you gone about putting your real estate team together? What advice do you have for others on that? Now, in this case, um, you've partnered up with a seasoned investor so um i'm guessing you sort of just went with the team that 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 they currently had in place is that how that went yeah that's that's how it went um i have put together a team definitely just by you know you could make a facebook post and ask about you know who's the best real estate investor focused uh realtor and you'll get the same name 10 times or something so i think just by talking with other people uh, and getting their recommendations is a great way to start building a team definitely definitely now working closely with seasoned investors what are some tips tricks or systems that you've picked up along the way Uh, hmm. i think that just watching how the decisions are made and they're just made without a second thought is something that i'm picking up on that you know i'm an overthinker so i think that that's been you know, cool to see. And that's something that I'm going to continue to do is just not overthink things and just really just hop on it and make decisions like that. Definitely. I, I, I think that's a big trait that most successful people have is just being very decisive, you know, making a decision, making it quick and um, not spending all that time, you know, wrestling with the idea on, on which way to go in and, uh, yeah, just being very decisive. That's that's a, a great tip. Not what I expected at all, but a great tip. Um, I think everyone can find value in that. Another part of building a successful business, and I mean, you touched on this, is building your brand. What are some things that you've learned when it comes to building your brand? Or some things that you're looking at implementing when it comes to building your brand? Sure. Yeah, I'm fairly new to social media. I just hopped on a couple months ago, like first time ever having a Facebook in personal Instagram so it's been pretty cool to kind of learn and stuff um it's been crazy like life-changing just the opportunities that came out of it just meeting different people and stuff and and then when you do go to these meetups people kind of know who you are just seeing you on social media I think building your brand is super important and showing people what you're doing um I think it's good to just kind of document what you're doing and, and as you go along with your journey people can kind of see your progress and and it's good for joint venture partners and um i think it's just part of business in this day and age is is social media and building your brand absolutely 
and I, I think more so like to your point of of documenting um if you document it people can they can actually see what you what you're doing seeing that you know you walk the walk that uh you're not just full of it um so yeah and i think it's one of the easiest ways to make uh, to make content as well um as opposed to just t trying to constantly curate content yourself it's just going through your day-to-day -day, trying to find those times where you can actually use that opportunity to make some content out of it um yeah, yeah. definitely um, tell me, being an investor requires that you be a forward thinker, you know, making hard choices and delaying gratification to build the life that you desire. That being said, what are some sacrifices that you've had to make in order to start investing? I mean, this could be financial, could be comfort, time, energy, anything that you've either had to start or stop doing in order to become a real estate investor. I think it's, it's all the things you just mentioned. You do have to put it's a lot of time, you know, you have to choose to be studying. I'm, you know, currently I'm taking my realtors course and there's a lot of days where I'd rather just be watching Netflix, but I have to, you know, get home from work and start doing that. So it's time is the main thing. You got to put a lot of work and you know, one day it will pay off. But um, yeah, I think just ha you have to learn how to have a, a strong work ethic and really put uh, all your time into this and, and just go go hard definitely definitely now what advice would you give someone who wants to start investing but they they're just struggling to make those hard choices you know that's required to get into the game that is real estate investing um i think that you know you have to look at the the long term and really figure out your why you know why you're doing this will really help you when it is tough and you'd you know, rather be watching Netflix um, to actually go and, and continue doing what you need to be doing. So, you know, thinking of why you're doing this, whether it's your family or you know, the life that you want, you, you want to get out of the situation you're in. So I think that's a really crucial step in the real estate journey. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. There is, yeah, just strengthening, strengthening your why having that long-term vision to know that what you're doing now is going to get you closer to what you want and um, choosing that over just being comfortable in the now. Um, when you're not spending your time investing, how do you spend your time? Um, I mean, real estate investing is like my whole passion. So it's my hobby and everything that I like to do, but I'm a tattoo artist, hence all the tattoos. Um, so that's that's what I'm doing is tattooing. Nice, nice. So is is that a passion of yours? Uh, is that something that you'd still like to keep on 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 the side, even if you were to pursue real estate full time? Yeah, I think definitely. I definitely want to own a shop one day. That's always been my dream. Um, I started at this really young, so it's it's always that was like my big goal was to be a tattoo artist ever since I was a little kid. Yeah, I started really young. I started at 12 years old, like sweeping floors. And then like, early teens, around 16, I started doing this professionally. And I'm 24 now. So it's been a, about a decade in the industry. And I always, always thought that being a tattoo artist was all I was going to do. And then own my own shop one day. So it's, uh, I found a new passion. It's really cool to kind of go with that. To find what you enjoy doing at such a young age is great because 
I mean, you're still really young yourself, but you've had all these years of actually doing what you like doing, whereas there's people out there who sit in a cubicle every day doing something that they hate doing. Um, so your why for real estate, I don't think, is to get out of your your day-to-day um, uh, job or passion, but uh, I guess it's more to to build a better future for yourself, build some wealth, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, tell me, where can listeners find out more about you? You know, if someone maybe wants to reach out with reach out to you, you know, perhaps on a, a possible joint venture opportunity, anything along those lines, or if they just want to follow along your journey because they just really are interested to see where you're headed and, and learn more more from you, where can they find out more about you? Sure. Uh, you can look me up on Facebook, uh, Liam Waygram, or my Instagram handle is the Liam Waygram. Um, yeah, maybe we could put it in the description. I'm sure you do that. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll put that in in the description down below. Um, as well as putting in, um, I mean, you you part of Wayne's Wayne and Gabby's mentorship program, right? Yeah, yeah. If uh, if anyone's interested in that as well, reach out, and I'd love to tell you more about it. I think you mentioned before you'll be putting a link to to the program I'll put as that well down but... below for sure. Yeah, sure. there's a Facebook group as well that um, anyone's free to, it's free to join. So uh, if you want to kind of learn more and, and kind of get part of the community, that's a great place to go as well. Absolutely, definitely. I'll link that down below as well. But I also wanted to mention, um, because I know this was something that I was looking for initially, is if there's anyone out there who's looking for sort of a live platform where they can get their current questions, their day-to-day questions, answered you know because it's always going to come up you know especially as a new investor there's always going to be those questions even if you're seasoned there's something that's going to come up that you don't know or that you just like some advice on um their morning show that they host you know monday to fridays um at 6 p.m mountain time is it's a great platform to to do that and you can just message your question in the chat where you can call in there's an awesome supportive community around there with people that just are willing to respond and uh Wayne and Gabby are very transparent about everything and um, they give you an in-depth response. So just another great resource. I'll link that down below as well. Um, But Liam, I want to thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy schedule to bring us all this value. I know I appreciate it and I'm sure our listeners found value in this episode as well. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, It's really exciting to be on on, uh, your podcast. So thank you again. Thank you for tuning in to Building Wealth Through Real Estate. If you're interested in learning about the Burr strategy and how you can implement this within Canada, if you want to hear about mistakes to avoid, tips and tricks that you should be implementing, then you definitely want to check out the interview with Varshit Patel. This is your host, Alray Noble, signing off.